Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You heard the man, ladies and gentlemen. I am Tyler Chef, your host. This is the Cashflow Guys Podcast, and we're getting ready to kick off a brand new style of episode. I've done some Facebook Lives recently, and I know a lot of you are not on Facebook. Some of you are, some of you aren't. And of course, with Facebook's algorithms, even if you are on Facebook, I can't count that you're ever going to see the recordings I put on there. So what I've done is I've taken audio, stripped the audio out of the video, some of these recordings, put it together for a couple different podcast episodes on certain topics that I think you're going to find value in. I got a great response from the people that watched the Facebook Live, so I wanted to share it with you here on the podcast as well. So here we go and stay tuned. So today we're going to talk about how to structure deals without making the seller angry. And a lot of folks I talk to out there in the field, you know, you're not making offers. And when I ask why I get, I hear crickets, right? Nobody wants to say why. I hear people complain about real estate gurus and oh, the guru screwed me and this, that, and the other, and, and this doesn't work. And I read that book and I didn't get anywhere and I'm not financially free yet. All this negative stuff. And then when I ask people, how many offers have you written last week? I hear silence, crickets, nothing, not a peep. Nobody says a word. You haven't written any offers and you're complaining that the market's too hot. There's not enough. It's a seller's market or whatever, or better, the seller won't take that. You just assume, ladies and gentlemen, that the seller won't take that. And I'm here to tell you, nothing can be farther from the truth because you know you can't predict the future. I hate to tell you, you simply can't predict the future. You don't know for sure what someone's going to accept or what they're not going to accept until you ask them. Nope, I'm not doing it because I'm going to look like an idiot. Well, here's the thing. If you're not financially free or if you're poor, don't you kind of already look like an idiot anyway? So can you look worse than not owning any property, not having any passive income? I mean, really, if the seller says no, if, if they shut you down, do you really look like an idiot? I don't think so. I think you look like somebody who's putting forth the effort to get financially free, but that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Been wrong before. Definitely be wrong again. That we can count on, right? Structuring deals without making the seller angry. This, the first step, to be perfectly honest with you, is to slow the hell down. Slow down. Stop being in such a rush. Slow down. Everybody I talk to is in such a hellfire rush to get out there like, hurry up. I got I, I don't know anything about this property, but I'm going to go ahead and, and drop an offer in. Or how come they won't take my offer? You have a five-second conversation with the seller. You slam a price out there, and then you can't understand why the seller says no. Getting successful and making an offer and getting offers accepted comes down to taking the time to listen, taking the time to get build some rapport with the seller. We're like, what, well, Tyler, I can't do that because the realtor's in the way. Well, I have a solution for that. Stop dealing with listed properties. Yes, I did say that. Stop dealing with listed properties. If you want to get to, you have to get to the decision maker, folks, okay? If you're dealing with the realtor, and I am a realtor, okay? I am a guy that lists properties for other people. And I'm here to tell you, if you can't put yourself in a position to where you can get access to the seller, which means having the stones to say, politely say, hey, Tyler, I have an offer. I was wondering when would be a good time that you and I could sit down with a seller to present the offer. I will say, how about Tuesday at four? I am one of the few agents in the entire country that will probably respond that way. Most agents are scared of their own shadow. They're terrified that oh, you could steal their customer, which is ridiculous if you think about it. 
But there are some agents out there that will be more than happy to do that because they're secure in their, number one, the relationship with the seller, right? And that they truly want to put the deal together and they're willing to do what it takes to put it together. And they can help negotiate. <sighs> Heavens to Betsy, negotiate. You mean you actually, when the seller gives a price, you get to say, no, I don't think so. Or you get to go back and forth. One of the most powerful things that I learned from Larry Harbolt, Larry Harbolt is one of, is one of my mentors. He's been in the business almost 40 years. And the one thing he has repeatedly drilled into my head as one of his students is that for me to get successful, for me to get properties under contract and actually get to the closing table, I absolutely have to be sitting in front of the decision maker. If I am not sitting in front of the decision maker, I am wasting my time and I am wasting everyone in the transactions time. That's a fact. If there's a realtor in the mix, you need to figure out a way to politely have a conversation with the realtor and explain that your offers, you've got several different offers. You'd like to find out more information that's bought than, than what's available currently. And the best way for you to communicate your offer the most effective way that you know how is for the listing agent, he or she, and you to sit down with the seller. Again, agents, a lot of agents are going to freak out about that. A good agent, a savvy agent, one that's, that's, that's qualified, in my opinion, to represent people, that's truly a real estate professional, they will encourage that. Like, yeah, come on, let's go. That's, that's no big deal. Let's make it happen. Sit down and have a conversation with them, okay? This also applies to wholesalers. And I know I'll get a lot of flack out of this and I don't really care, but here's the deal. Wholesalers, in a lot of cases, are wasting people's time. They're locking up properties under contract at prices that they don't even, they haven't even asked anybody what they should get them under contract for. And I know that Ron Legrand teaches 70% of ARV minus repairs, but number one, none of you knuckleheads are, are contractors. So you don't, you're not capable of, of quoting repairs. Okay. You, you, there's nobody on the planet that can tell me what it's going to cost to rehab a rental based on my criteria. Cause you don't even know my criteria. You didn't ask. So if you're out there negotiating for me and you haven't yet met me, you might be an idiot. That's the way 95% of wholesalers do business. And I know that other idiots buy property from them. And then later they could go to the local RIA meeting and go, I got screwed. No, you're a knucklehead. If you would have simply focused on dealing direct with the seller, like Larry teaches us, you would have, you could have avoided all of that. All of that nonsense would have gone away. Here's how that works. You sit down. If you're a wholesaler, you go find a few, not a hundred and thousand people on a list on an email list, a few good qualified people that will actually buy property. And you sit down and have a conversation with them and you determine number one, are they qualified to buy? What their criteria is and more importantly, why is that their criteria? Number one, why you ask that is you might learn something. Happens to Betsy. Second, you may actually be able to put deals together that make sense. And here's the best part, wholesalers, you won't have to hide in the bushes going, I hope they don't catch me. I don't, I don't want to get caught because I've, I've heard that what I'm doing is illegal and sometimes it's not. And I don't know if I'm breaking the law or not. Bottom line is guys, wholesaling, if done right, is not, it's not, it's not illegal. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing at all. But what there is something wrong with is anybody that gets in the way of putting of a buyer and seller getting involved or putting a deal together that makes sense for both of them. That's, that should be illegal right there. Because all you're doing is it's same thing, realtors, that should be illegal. When a realtor, a listing agent says no to a buyer without even checking with the seller, that's a no, no. Okay. That's the call. That's an ethics violation. Technically folks, 
And this is a fact. If you, the National Association of Realtors Code of Ethics specifically prohibits a listing agent from denying an offer that wants that from a buyer that wants to present it in person. You can't do that. Only in the case where the seller specifically says in writing, so investors, when the realtor shuts you down and they haven't provided that in writing, they're walking down the road of an ethics violation. You could raise a whole lot of stink with the board of realtors. You could you could raise a bunch of hoo-ha. Don't let these agents just steamroll you and shut you down. At the same time, don't disrespect their contractual relationship with their client. Like an attorney has attorney-client privilege and whatnot. Agents are somewhat obligated in a lot of cases to not share information with you, certain information with you, unless the sellers authorize that. So you have to understand why a lot of agents will shut you down. Because number one, they're not supposed to share intimate details that the seller has given them, depending on what type of relationship they have with the seller. Before you get all wound up, you got to understand the origin and why a lot of these things are. Now, granted, a lot of the times the agents are just terrified you're going to steal their, their client or you're going to somehow negotiate them out of the deal, which is preposterous because listing agents, if you're listening, you have a listing agreement with a seller that says when this sucker sells, you get your tip money, whatever it is, 6%, 7%, whatever you get, you're going to get paid. So relax, just relax. Instead, be a facilitator, put on that facilitator hat, facilitate transactions getting put together. By doing so, you sit down and talk to the buyer and the seller, right? You sit down and broker the deal. They call real estate people, realtors, brokers, right? That's There's two reasons for that. One, usually because most brokers are broker than most people, right? <laughs> They're living paycheck to paycheck and they don't get no, not a whole lot of paychecks. However, I'm just kidding, guys, not really. The broker, the, the operative word broker is to facilitate transactions between two parties. It's that simple. Okay. So when I'm playing, put on my broker hat, my real estate broker hat in its simplest form, I will go out and facilitate a transaction between a buyer and a seller. I broker a transaction. Now, realtors, don't get all hung up on the word of Tyler, you don't have a broker's license. You've got a realtor's license and you can call yourself a broker. Shut up. Okay. Just shut up because it's people like you that are wasting my time. Okay. You are part of the problem. So shut up and go back to bagel talk or whatever you were doing. Anyway, back to the investors and the, and the realtors that know what they're doing. Sit down, have communication with the sellers, have communication with the buyers and put great deals together. Okay. Ask, learn, and listen about the property. And this is step two. Okay. This is step two. You've got to ask questions. You've got to learn and you've got to listen about the property. What does listen mean? Well, like Larry Herbolt's on the live right now, as a matter of fact, and, and I learned this from Larry as well. Imagine, I've learned a lot from Larry. Imagine what you could learn from Larry if you actually got off your ass and took some of his trainings. You could learn all kinds of great things and maybe be the one doing the live session instead of me. How about that? As Larry says, the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. That means keep your yap shut and your ears open. That's how you learn. Here's a good example. Last weekend, last week ago, Saturday, my buyer's agent and I were on a call with a, a seller and the seller said, and I counted it 18 times. She went on about how the fact that she's been doing this, she's been an investor for 33 years. I don't really care. doesn't matter. But I listened anyway. Okay. I got it every time. Every time I opened my mouth to speak, she spoke over me. So instead of trying to compete with her for the conversation, I let her have the conversation. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go one better. I'm going to actually play the recording of the call. And, and I have the seller's permission to record this, of course. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. 
and uh, let you hear what I'm talking about as far as them walking over me and not giving me the opportunity to talk. So here we go. One of the challenges with condos, some condos, not all condos, is that they're not FHA financeable. What that means is that the condo complex, I know all the buy. Yeah, I, I've been doing this for 33 years. I know about FHA and all that. So it has to be a conventional or cash. Correct. That's what you're saying. Right. Do you have an ideal VA, market time? Is it? Is a way is a VA um, is a VA uh, possible? No. No, FHA is no, not possible. No. VA is definitely not possible. They're actually more. Strict okay, than, so it's basically a cash. It's a cash or cash or conventional. Uh, conventional. Okay. So you being an experienced investor, you know that we can. There's more way, more than one way to skin this cat, so to speak. In other words, we can look at maybe have selling it to somebody if you were willing to potentially give her terms or some sort of. Is that something you would also entertain with a significant down down payment, of course? No, I can't do that either because I, I can't do that either because to be honest with you, um, I I need the ten thousand. So that was the other motivation for doing it now. Okay. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood um, of ten thousand. So um, you know, all those options I know about all these options, but that's not a possibility. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you be able to get the ten thousand in that scenario? I don't I don't follow. Well. I got caught in owing the IRS $35,000 and I had no money. Right. So I borrowed the money from my brother-in-law. He was kind to give it to me. Right. And I told him that I would get get something back. Ladies and gentlemen, think of this like fishing, okay? If you catch a fish and you rifle that fish up to the surface, chances are you'll either break the line or the fish will get off, right? If you deep sea fish and the eyeballs will be all puffed out, their bellies will be all puffed out because you rush the process, right? You have a far greater chance of losing a fish if you just try to rip it out of the water instead of fighting a little bit, let it tire itself out. So in this example, the woman obviously likes the sound of her own voice and I'm okay with that. If she wants to keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, then she can do that. But eventually she'll run out of steam. This is a test in your patience. Keep your mouth shut and listen. Just let listen, because here's the thing. If you listen, nine times out of 10, the sellers or buyers or whoever you're dealing with will give you all the information you know you need to make good offers, okay? They will give you all the information. They will just keep talking. And if you interrupt them, if you are listening only to respond, you're gonna probably confuse them or you may throw them off track and they're not gonna give you the information you need to make good offers, guys, okay? so. Don't interrupt them. Just hear them out. I will go to the point of there being an uncomfortable pause. See, I, I'm good with being uncomfortable. I, I exist in a world of, un, of uncomfortableness on purpose. I, I keep myself uncomfortable because that keeps me accountable. That keeps me the, the sword sharp and keeps me pushing. So I will sit there. I can out. I can sit there longer than anybody else in complete silence and just stare. And they always I can win a staring contest like there's no tomorrow. They will always cave person who speaks first loses, right? All right. So we have the conversation with the seller. We let them tucker themselves out. When an opening exists, which is just about the time of an uncomfortable silence, at that point, we ask another question. Sometimes we ask a question about the very topic that they're talking about that is literally boring us to tears. Why do we do this? Well, because it's how we build rapport with the seller. This is how we the seller gets a clue that we're listening. And when they know that we're listening, they automatically like us better because what they have to say matters. 
first of all, before I go any farther, guys, that said, when you are listening, and I find this far, far too often, not listening completely. In other words, people are simply just, you're, you're tuned out, you're checked out, you're not paying attention. You're going to have problems. You're absolutely going to have problems. So instead, take the time to make sure that you hear everything that they're saying. And I know that sometimes, guys, it's going to be the most boring thing on the planet that you'll want to scratch your eyes out just even thinking about it, but just fight the urge and hear them out. You know, for you to be able to get to the where you need to go with the seller, you've got to take the time to build rapport. And I know sometimes some of you have been thrown out of properties and your offers have been shot down and the broker told you, forget it, and all these good things. In every instance, it probably can point back to the fact that you didn't take the time to talk to the seller. You did not take the time to point back to the seller. When that happens, you've got problems. So ask, listen, and learn about the property. You've got to first hear about the property, and then I want you to ask, listen, and learn about the situation. Delilah, why am I here with this beautiful house, as Peter Fortunato teaches us to say, why am I here to buy this house today? What in the world would make you sell such a beautiful house? I love it when Pete says that. He says it better than I do, but that's the way he says it. It's just great. That's a natural response. Sometimes if you say it jovial, you say it happy, or you, you know, as long as you're not a demeaning jerk, you don't pound them over the head. That can be a great conversation. That in itself can give you everything that you need, the answer to that question, to write a great deal. So instead, ask, listen, and learn about the situation. Keep your mouth shut. Let them tell you what's going on. Well, I'm selling the house because I inherited it and it used to be my Uncle Harry's and I can't stand him and I just want this thing done, but I also want to buy a jet ski and I don't have any money to buy a jet ski. So if I can get this, this rat hole sold and I can have all the money I need for a jet ski and won't life be grand and on and on and on and on, on. All these amazing things. All these amazing things can happen if you just stay quiet. Now, quickly, if you have not, first of all, is everybody here subscribers of my YouTube channel? If you are not a subscriber of my YouTube channel, you can do that by going to Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R dot T-U-B. Type that in any browser, Tyler dot T-U-B-E, Tyler dot Tube. Takes you right to my YouTube channel. Recordings of, of these live sessions, this information, it will be available on my YouTube channel for you free of charge forever today. I've also got all kinds of other videos, hundreds of videos on there on different topics that will help you learn to earn and take things to the next level. That said, the one thing I that drives me crazy is when people start giving a diagnosis, a prescription, so to speak, without taking the time to go through an examination. And here's what I mean by that. There are far too many people out there that they hear a cool term like subject to. Everything is subject to. They, they say that that's, they, that's their solution for everything. Hey, here's a mobile home that's rented. I'm going to take it subject to. It's, what are you talking about? It doesn't even have a mortgage, you knucklehead. Subject to what? Shut up. Go, go back to holding, wholesaling houses full time. Come on, guys. There is not one exit strategy. There is not one type of offer that fits every scenario, okay? You've got to take the time to listen to the sellers to find out what their pain is. You've got to learn what they want them. What are they going to do with the money? You know, if they're if you're going to give them $100,000 or your buyer's going to give $100,000, what's that money good for? What are they going to do with it? Are they going to go smoke crack with it? Are they going to travel Europe? Are they going to buy an RV, pay off medical bills? These are all things that you're going to need to ask about so you can get the information you need to put the offer together that makes sense. So don't get sucked into being that person who's out giving prescriptions without an ex examination. You've got to understand if if the the deal of the house, the problem is their pay, your seller is your patient and you're out there playing doctor just saying, well, it sounds like a subject to here. This is a classic subject to. 
I think this would be great for a subject two, or we should lease option. Guys, that's not the solution for every problem. Sometimes the solution is, dude, you need a realtor, or dude, you need a bulldozer, or buddy, you need the popo. <laughs> your problems can't be helped by me buying your house today. The selling of the house is another important topic. The selling of the house is not always a solution, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes it's okay to just decide to walk away because the deal either doesn't fit your criteria or uh, doesn't fit your buyer's criteria if you're a wholesaler or a buyer's agent as a realtor. It's okay to say no and walk away. You don't have to buy every house. Now, Larry Harbold tell, teaches us in, in his boot camp, Never Step Into a Bank, you lived your whole life up to now without this house. You could certainly live past today without this house. So if you can't put a deal together that A, solves a seller's problem, because that's the most important thing, and B, makes sense and fits your identity, your criteria, then you walk away. It's that simple. Don't buy a bad deal. Or as Jimmy Napier says, don't step into a seller's quicksand, right? Worst thing you could do is ever step into a seller's quicksand. If the seller's already in the in the toilet, you certainly don't need to join them in the poo-poo. You just don't. Don't get, get out there just throwing out prescriptions for problems that you haven't sat down and diagnosed. Again, subject two, ladies and gentlemen, is not the answer for most properties. I'm going to go so far as to say this. Subject two is probably not the answer for most deals, but you knuckleheads will do it anyway because a lot of you got crappy credit because you're too lazy to fix your credit and get off your lazy and get your shit right, get your money right. So instead, how about, ooh, lease option? How about seller financing? How about you assign it to somebody else? All kinds of different strategies you could do there besides subject two. So pick one other thing, okay? Because the subject two usually is the least beneficial alternative, the least beneficial situation for a seller. Usually, not always. Sometimes it's really a good help to the seller. Here's what happens, guys, with the subject twos. A lot of folks are out there taking a property subject to and then selling it to somebody else and just basically assigning away, assigning it away. So the seller doesn't even know that you're not the one making the mortgage payment somebody else is. That's, you don't do that. That just doesn't make good sense. Because Jonathan Rexford, who is an expert in subject to, Jonathan has the group on Facebook called subject to real estate investing. John Rexford will tell you flat out, and he said it on my podcast best, you cannot assign your honor for a seller to let you take a property subject to the mortgage. That's the position of honor. You should think of it that way. They're trusting you enough to make their mortgage payments for them. If they don't get paid, you're going to destroy these people. So how could you possibly assign that honor to somebody else? When he said that, it blew my mind. It makes perfect sense. When somebody trusts you enough to take the property subject to, the only strategy for you would be number one is if you assign that and the subject to relationship stays in place, the seller needs to know that. And frankly, to cover your tuchus, you should have them sign off that they understand that. That way they can't come back later and play victim. You want more information about the strategy of subject to go on Facebook to Jonathan's group. It's free subject to real estate investing. Jonathan Rexford is the guy that, that's there. He's not some guru. He gives good information. He's old school like Larry Harbold. He's been doing it for a long, long time. Guy knows what he's doing. I have a huge amount of respect for him. Structure deals, guys, where the both parties can get what they want or need. And I know this sounds like a stretch because trust me, they're more often than not, that's it, that's not as easy as it sounds. But it what it does, how it does happen is by taking time to sit down with people. There's a lot of great wholesalers in town. Uh, and I've said this several times, Mark Lipinski is one of them. He sits down and talks to the people, right? He's not afraid of them. He's not a coward. He's not hiding in the corner. Aliyah Luti is another one. We'll sit down and talk to people and discover what their situation is. Jimmy Culler is another one. We'll sit, and this is in the Tampa Bay market. They will sit down and diagnose the situation. They will talk with the seller. They will find out, why am I sitting here? What are we doing with this property? I know lots of good agents that do the same thing. Christina Griffin is one of them. She'll sit down with a seller or have her team members sit down with a seller 
find out why they're selling, find out how they can best help them. And sometimes guys, it's not always about getting them the best money for their house or getting it done in seven days. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you have the answers folks. Okay. Please don't fall into the, the trap of thinking that you already have all the answers. You got to ask the questions to get the answers. Uh, Larry Harbold as a sidebar, Larry Harbold put together a course that I love and talking about getting the answers. A lot of times I'll sit down with a seller to, to talk about terms and the seller will agree to terms, but they want a down payment, a cash down payment. As y'all know, I don't like using my own cash. Uh, I like to leverage other people's revenue if I can. It just makes sense. Here's my logic. There are lots of folks out there that don't have the same skill sets that I do. They don't have the ability to put deals together like I can. They're scared of negotiating. They don't have the skill set. They don't have the time, whatever. I like to help those people get their money moving. I work primarily with folks that have IRA accounts and, and pools of resources that they would rather put their money into real estate instead of putting it in the stock market and trusting some stockbroker. A stockbroker can't give them anything. Heck, you don't even get a receipt half the time anymore. What you get is a quote unquote promise. I give my folks uh, a mortgage and a note and a mortgage. So they actually have a security interest in the real estate. Why does that matter? Well, knowing that I have the ability to help these people that have money and need to deploy it, and I'm able to help sellers get a larger dollar figure for their property by negotiating terms, and in some cases I can get them interest, I can do all kinds of different structures. Sometimes I literally need to create money out of, out of thin air. What that means for me is not hocus pocus and wave a magic wand. It basically means using the tools that I have, a database, resources, reaching out to note buyers. I myself am a note buyer. Reaching out to note buyers, other note buyers, structuring a, a note and a mortgage, selling it to a note buyer at the closing table to give the seller the cash they need. And here's what that looks like. Let's say seller says, look, dude, I'll, I'll let you get make payments on my equity. However, I need 30% cash down because I got to buy an RV and I got to buy my wife a new coach purse and I want to go, I don't know, buy a jet ski at the same time. Great. So you need 30% cash down. Here's the problem. As Pete Fortunato always says, I just happen to be 29.9% .9 short of the 30% down that you want. I don't want to give you the cash down or I don't have the money down. So in that case, you would want to structure the deal to where maybe you could create a note and a mortgage and sell that note in the mortgage at the closing table for cash, okay? You wanna learn how to do that, Larry has a course on that. And he's actually, I'm, I did a free training that breaks it all down for you so you guys can understand that whole thing with Larry's permission. I sat down and went through in webinar style. You guys can do that anytime you want, it's absolutely free. You go to cashflowguys.com forward slash easy money. And basically I walk you through the process of how to get this down payment money, how to get closing cost money. One of the ways that we do this, guys, I, as a realtor, I'm entitled if I'm in a deal, not as the as a as a buyer, but as a, a as a practitioner, I'm usually entitled to a commission, right? Or I wouldn't be having a conversation with you if I'm not getting paid. But let's say I'm entitled to a ten thousand dollar commission on the deal. Well, what I'll do a lot of times is I will put that into the deal. I'll have I'll credit my commission into the deal. Now you're probably thinking, why would you do that? And all the realtors watching this are probably going, dude, are you high? Why would you give your your commission to the buyer? That doesn't even make sense. Well, because it reduces the amount of out-of-pocket money the buyer needs. Then I record a note and a mortgage against the property where the buyer pays me back my commission over time plus interest. And here's what that looks like. Let's say, for example, we're talking about 10 grand. I will gift them, I will put 10,000 into the deal. Maybe we'll use it to cover uh, down payment money or closing costs for the seller. Regardless, I don't care what they use it for. They can buy gummy bears. It doesn't really matter. What matters to me is I get a second position mortgage recorded against the property with interest. So let's say I take $10,000 back at over five years at 7% interest. 
That means I've made 7% interest on my money and I get paid over five years. Well, now I can sit down with my CPA and say, hey, Charles, by the way, guys, you want a great CPA? I use Charles Shapiro from Widget Bookkeeping. Charles Shapiro from Widget Bookkeeping. Charles, I can sit down with him and say, hey, Charles, for the next five years, I've got this note coming in. It's going to pay me X amount per year. How do we build a tax plan with that in mind, knowing what in the future, what we've got coming in, help me develop a strategy to reduce my tax obligation. Anytime I can provide factual data to my CPA, where I could say, hey, Charles, here's my, my future income and be accurate, it makes his job easy, which makes my taxation lower because then he could sit down and make a tax plan where everybody wins, right? That we're not cheating on our taxes, but we can make a plan that makes sense because he can look at the whole picture, whole enchilada, and figure out, okay, Tyler's got X, this $10,000 note, but it's over five years. So that means he's got X amount coming in per year, right? Five years, $10,000. He's got two grand a year coming in for this note, which would incur him a tax liability of this. So Tyler, next year, if you bought a rental house or you did this or you did that, it would help reduce your overall tax burden. I'm not saying that he could eliminate the taxes on that specific pool of 10 grand, but he can find me tax incentives going the other way. He can also help me make decisions on future investment properties in a way that they can reduce my taxes. So hope you found that valuable. Ladies and gentlemen, the bottom line here is you got to listen and learn. And, and this is one thing that people miss all the time. And I'm going to put that one up here. Step four. This is the killer that usually screws most people up. And I don't know why you guys can't get it through your heads, but it's fact. I mean, there's just no other way around it. And it is ask, listen, and learn why the seller thinks they want cash. You got, that's a conversation you're going to have to have. Now there's a million different ways to overcome this. We talk about this, both Larry and I have talked about this in our podcast. You want more information about Larry's show? Go to LarryHarbolt.com forward slash podcast. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast. He talks about this actually more than I do. Why? Because I learned it from him. That's why. But uh, get out there and ask these questions. Mr. Seller, what are you going to, and if you do it right, now if you come over like an overbearing jackass, if you go like, so what are you going to do with the money? What's the response going to be? None of your damn business. But instead, if you come in going, so what are you going to do with the money? It's exciting. You're going to sell this place. I can't wait. What do you do with the money? You buy an RV, you're going to Europe. What are you doing? That way, they're excited too because they feed off of your energy, right? They get excited. They're like, oh, I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I got to pay off a medical bill. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Are you okay? How much is the medical bill? Oh, it's 10 grand. Not a big deal. Oh, okay, cool. Later, store that information right here. Later, you can come back with an offer that allows for, say, 15,000 down, 10 grand to pay the medical bill, five grand to pay for their trip to Europe, and they can take payments on the rest. Well, they're never going to take that, Tyler, because they said they want cash. Well, no, the guy said that he wanted to go to Europe, that he wanted to pay off a medical bill, and he wanted to buy a jet ski. Okay, He didn't say he wanted cash. He said he wanted to do these three things. It just happens to be that it does take cash or credit to accomplish these things, does it not? Guys, if tomorrow cash became illegal or worthless, which has pretty much already happened, <laughs> Then what would you say then? What would you, would the seller not no longer want to sell their house? When cash is not available, you got to go to plan B. Same for sellers. Maybe it's a market where the buyers don't have any cash and the seller insists on only cash. What's the buyer going to do or what's the seller going to do? Well, they're either going to have to change what they want or decide not to sell their house. It's that simple. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you found value in this. If you haven't already, make sure you please subscribe to my YouTube channel, the recording, the live recording for this or the recording will be on my YouTube channel. Lots of more, lots of more information on there uh, as well, different topics. 
reach out to me. If you want me to cover different topics, things you want to talk about, please feel free to reach out, drop an email to info at cashflowguys.com, info at cashflowguys.com. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at tyler.tub. And if you want access to the free training about talking about what Larry taught me about how to create money out of thin air, literally go to cashflowguys.com forward slash easy money, cashflowguys.com forward slash easy money. Get over there, get registered, watch it. It's a great little setup and it walks through. It also walks through the pitfalls of too good to be true because as there's a lot of gimmicks out there, be careful with these unsecured credit cards and and these business lines of credit. They will nuke you every time. Don't make stupid decisions and, and don't borrow money that you don't have a good way to pay back. Okay, just keep yourself safe out there. Lots of sharks out there in the water. There's blood in the streets. Be careful, be smart. Always be learning to earn. Ladies and gentlemen, the best information you can ever get about real estate investing is found in the pages of a book. It starts with page one and ends at the back where it says the end. Hope you guys had a great week. Listen to my podcast. Have a great time and we will see you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.